means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America's listeners. This is VOA's Sunday Shumari sitting in for Sunny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 16th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. This week, Sun is heading to Kigali, Rwanda for the Basketball Africa League playoffs and finals. He will be keeping us all up to date on the ball action right here and on Twitter and on Facebook. We are starting today with football. In the Premier League, second place Liverpool will attempt to close the gap behind leaders Manchester City in a must-win game at Southampton. But as VOA's Gwen Alton explains, Liverpool will be without two key players for Tuesday's match. Liverpool sit just four points behind reigning Premier League champions Manchester City with less than a week to go before the season concludes. And the day before his second-to-last match at Southampton, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp said his side will attempt to close the gap without Egyptian star Mohamed Salah and key defender Virgil van Dijk on the pitch. Uh, this process, this corporate is not finished yet um, because... We only played the 120 uh, minutes um, two days ago, so when the boys arrive today, I have to make a lot of decisions. Um, and then we will line up a team. What I can promise and definitely and say, we, we line up a team and only for one reason to try to win the game at Southampton, as, as difficult as it is, um, because that um, obviously is the job to do. And we have to see who is able to help. The 30 extra minutes made a big difference. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we have to see. Man City had a chance to all but clinch the Premier League title last Sunday at West Ham United. But instead, Man City dropped points in a 2-2 draw. If Liverpool win their next two matches and Man City lose to Aston Villa this weekend, Liverpool would win the title. But Jurgen Klopp admits he does not expect Pep Guardiola's side to slip up again in their final Premier League match. Basically chance is a big chance I wouldn't say so because it would mean that City I don't know when City dropped points the last time two games in a row historically um, so Aston Villa has to play in midweek we are not used to that um, so as much as I'm sure they're all professionals and these kind of things they want to go at City but City is a is a pretty good football team so I don't expect City to drop points there but that has no, no influence on our game for tomorrow so we know um, in idle world, we go in the last match day and are one point behind. Um, that would be now, the, for, from today's point of view, the perfect scenario, and, and that's what we, all, what we try to do. Last Saturday, Liverpool defeated Chelsea 6-5 on penalties to clinch the FA Cup title. The match felt like deja vu all over again. Back in February, Liverpool and Chelsea were forced to go head-to-head in a penalty shootout in the EFL Cup final. Liverpool went on to clinch an 11-10 victory and their first title of the season. And Jurgen Klopp said he's happy to now have two trophies under his belt we know and we feel the responsibility as as a team of um, liverpool fc that we that we have to win trophies so it feels much better that we won already to to be honest uh, and the fk fa cup is obviously a massive um 
a massive competition and and winning it and uh, it makes it a really it's really felt really big absolutely big um, so it just takes pressure off the, of the whole thing that's what makes it more enjoyable Liverpool could make it a treble if they clinch the Premier League title this Sunday. And they are still in the running to achieve an unprecedented quadruple. Liverpool are set to face Real Madrid in the Champions League final later this month. And Klopp says his side will have a tough hill to climb against the most successful European club in history. It would be massive if we could win, obviously, um, in a few weeks' time weeks time around about uh, the Champions League but we play against obviously the most experienced Champions League team uh, on this planet so it's, it's not um, that we are massive favorites or whatever so it's an open game and that, that until then I think every little advantage you can get is good because they won the league um, already so they have what they want to do in obviously and now we um, have a little bit of that what we want to do in and um, a chance for the other one so fair play um, and now we can play football there. But between now and then, obviously, two massive games and one of them um, tomorrow night. Jurgen Klopp referring there to Tuesday's must-win Premier League match against Southampton, who are in 15th place in league standings. And despite their latest defeat at Brentford, Southampton head to the end of the Premier League season safe from relegation. This season concludes on Sunday, May 23rd, and then we head to France, where Liverpool and Real Madrid face off in the Champions League final match match on May 28th at the Stade de France near Paris. Thanks, Gwen. As we heard, Gwen mentioned that the 2021-2022 European Soccer League season is coming to an end. Champions League finalists Real Madrid were crowned a league champions before the season ended, and Bayern Munich has clinched the Bundesliga in Germany. I asked my VOA colleague Omari Kaseko for his thoughts on this season in Europe soccer. I mean, the season has been successful, to be honest. But when you look back, uh, you will see that it has been tough for everyone. It has been, it has been really, really tough for all the European leagues, actually. I mean, we have been through pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I think they've done really, really well. But just towards the end of the season, that's when you started seeing fans going to the stadiums. You remember, they played without fans before. Right. right? This has been affecting uh, a lot of teams in Europe, also in terms of revenues. I mean, in you know, these big teams have been losing a lot of money by just not being able to, to get fans to come to the stadium. And still a lot of fans are, you know, hesitating to go to the stadiums. So you can say, I mean, it has been successful. Premier League has been successful as always. Uh, at the end of the season, as you as you see now, there's a lot of excitement, uh, especially in the Premier League, where you really don't know who is going to win. Maybe Manchester City is going to slip, and then, you know, Liverpool can take the chances. So there's a lot of excitement to us towards the end of the season. But the season has been really, really tough, not only for the teams, but players also, you know, psychological. So it has been really, really tough for all your European leagues. And also, Mari, there's big transfers that are happening right now in Europe. You think, what are the most lucrative and uh, maybe how will they change the game? Just seeing there's uh, one of the biggest transfers, and I think it's going to be one of the biggest in history, according to me. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the way I feel. I mean, Erling Haaland... Um, from uh, from Borussia Dortmund to Manchester Manchester City. This is uh, this is very big transfer that has happened really early before even the end of the uh, of the season. So mm. 
this is going to shake up the market a little bit because, you know, transfers and how much you pay for players really actually set up the tones for how the market will be. But we're expecting players like um, Kylian Mbappe, who is actually going on a free transfer. Mm-hmm. You know, he may end up staying um, at PSG, but I think there's a big chance that he's going to end up at uh, Real Madrid, who have been chasing the player for for a long time. Uh, you have player like uh, Robert Lewandowski who really, really wants to go to Barcelona. He has actually informed the Bayern Munich management that he, he doesn't want to continue. Um, he would not extend his contract, but he still have one year on his contract. So I think it's going to be uh, really difficult uh, for him to move. But at the end of the day, I mean, we are living in, a, in an age where it's really hard to keep a player in your team against their will. Absolutely. So, uh, and you have free transfers. You have uh, people like uh, Paulo Dybala, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be free at the end of the year, so at the end of the season. So those can move free. And uh, you already have uh, Dybala linked to Arsenal, you know. And you have uh, Ousmane Dembele from Barcelona, a uh, fantastic young player who may end up going to uh, maybe PSG or just remain in, uh, in Barcelona. But, uh, yeah, we are looking ahead to see uh, what's going to be. Like, but uh, there will be a lot of movements um, this summer uh, for players. Okay. And let's look up Chelsea. You know, Chelsea now, they sell a lot of players transferring around. And who are the players you know? And uh, how would this affect uh, the team? Chelsea is in uh, one of the most uh, difficult conditions right now um and and um, we know uh the situation in ukraine and uh in the russia and ukraine war which has caused all this problem that uh uh roman abramovich can't continue you know to be the owner of this team so uh the problem is uh you have a lot of players in chelsea who are at the end of their contract um you know, you have uh, Antonio Rudiger, one of the best uh, centre-back in the world, already mm-hmm. uh, decided to sign for Madrid. So that's one of the key players you're losing. And you have uh, Andrea Christensen, you know. So mm-hmm. these are all players who are defenders, you know. And you know to find high-quality defenders in Europe, it's not an easy job. Mm-hmm. So they're losing all these players. And you have Aspen Quetta, who um, rumours are saying he wants to sign for Barcelona. So, and, you know, he's still a defender, you know, and uh, we, we're not sure what's the future of Golo Kante. So mm-hmm. they may end up losing key players um, at the end of the season, and uh, that will be really, really difficult, I feel like, for Thomas Tuchel uh, to adjust to buy players who can fit in this position. And we don't know this transfer of ownership, what it's going to be in the end. A new owner owners uh, will be able to inject some cash to buy other vendors and uh, who is available in the market also because it's not only you have money but who is available who has quality to play at the highest level for a team like Chelsea so I think this is a team that is going to be really really difficult to adjust themselves and get back to the level that they are I mean Thomas Tuko has been saying in press conferences all this time I mean for the last three months that this situation is going to affect us this situation is going to be very difficult Thanks, Omari Kaseko. And still on the pitch, Nigerian fans are focusing on Jose Poseiro, just named head coach of the national men's football team. The Nigeria Football Federation said the appointment of the 62-year-old Portuguese was with immediate effect. In his playing days, Poseiro was a striker. He has wide and varied experience coaching top clubs across four continents, 
namely Europe, Asia, Africa, and South America. Fisayo Dairo is a chief football writer at www.aclsports.com and he spoke with reporter Mike Monye about the new coach. The appointment of Jose Pesero as the head coach of Nigeria's senior nationals in the Super Eagles is a welcome development if you ask me. This is because since the dismissal of Frenchman Gunnar Raw in December last year, the team have not really had that kind of enigmatic figure as the team's head coach. Someone the players and the fans can easily identify with without much grumbling and without much resentment. Yes, Austin Egoavan came in and what ended that stint was a disastrous Afghan campaign in Cameroon and failure to qualify for the FIFA World Cup finals, which will be also by Qatar later this year. Well, in the mode of Pesero, they brought in an experienced coach and, of course, he's an expatriate. So, for once, Nigeria blessed with abundant footballing talent spread across Europe and Nigeria now have a manager that everyone can easily understand and respect. So I do hope that he comes in, he knows what he's doing, he comes in and sets the ball rolling immediately without any ado. And from there, we hope that he can make the Super Eagles great again. The tasks are not much difficult because the bar has once again been dropped so low. You know, we failed to advance from the second round of the Nations Cup for the first time in decades. We failed to go get to the World Cup for the first time in since 2006. The ball is very much in Jose Pesero's court to bring back the lost glory and bring back the confidence of the Super Eagles fans on the team. Can you tell Sunny Side of Sports listeners something about the new coach of the Super Eagles, Jose Peseiro? Jose Peseiro is um, an experienced coach, if you ask me. He's 62, and that means he's been coaching for a long time. And he has had this experience of managing in four different continents of the world which should um, count for something. And now he's adding Nigeria and Africa to that list. He's managed top clubs in Portugal. He won a club, he won a trophy with Sporting Braga in Portugal. He has managed Sporting Lisbon as well. And he worked as an assistant with one of the biggest clubs in the world, if not the biggest, Real Madrid, during the Galacticos area. So um, he's um, someone on paper that should be a knowledgeable coach and he's embracing this challenge because he has never been in this part of the world before. He seems to have the blessings of Jose Moreno, one manager that a lot of Nigerians respect, his namesake. We hope that um, he could bring that that kind of Mourinho fanfare or character into the Super Eagles and make him and make the Super Eagles as well lovable for the fans once again. All in all, he's an experienced coach. He speaks Portuguese and speaks English as well, speaks Spanish as well. And hopefully, he'll be able to translate effectively to the players everything he has in mind to do for the Super Eagles. Fisayo, what are some of the expectations of Nigerian football fans from the new Super Eagles head coach? Like I stated earlier, the bar has once again been dropped very low before a head coach is named for the Super Eagles. I remember in 2016, before Gennaro came, 
the bar was also dropped very low because Nigeria failed to qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations. Now we have failed to qualify for the World Cup finals and immediately Nigeria need to rebound and make sure they qualify for next summer's Africa Cup of Nations to be hosted by Cote d'Ivoire. So for Pesero, the expectation of the fans at the moment is that starting from the games against Mexico and Ecuador, a couple of friendly games to be played in the United States starting from later this month, they want to see the identity. They want to see the team they can love again. And they want to see him telling them what to expect when the qualifying games for this World Cup, for this Africa Cup of Nations Cup Series starts in June. And the immediate task is for him to qualify the team for that AFCON. And how best can you do it than doing it in an emphatic way? Beating all comers. You are coming up against the likes of Guinea-Bissau, Sierra Leone and Mauritius. So you are expected to show supremacy over these teams. And then from there, the team can aspire to greater things. Who says Nigeria cannot win the AFCON in Cote d'Ivoire next summer? Fisayo Dairo is the chief football writer at www.aclsports.com. He was speaking with Iron Mike Mbonye on the phone from Port Harcourt. Basketball fans, we are down to the final month of the Basketball Association action. And tonight, it's game one of the Eastern Conference title series. The top-seeded Heat play host in Miami to the second-seeded Boston Celtics. The teams are ready to hit the paint tonight. Nigerian-American Ime Udoka is the Celtics head coach and says they are ready for the heat. Yeah, we obviously the defense picked up in the last series and, and Miami's playing at a high level on that end, uh, especially more so in the playoffs. And so we just talked about that. And uh, with the group, we mentioned every series is different. Uh, that initial moment of, of change, I don't think we handled it the best against Milwaukee. And we want to do, obviously, a better job coming into game one here tomorrow. So... Something we are very conscious of and talked about and know the differences. Uh, you know, we've had, we played them twice early and played them once recently, so I uh, know the team pretty well. But uh, so I'd say it's more traditional in what they're doing on both sides of the ball than uh, a team like Milwaukee with a player like Atta DeCompo or even Durant to some extent. But um, they do have a lot of wrinkles that they'll throw. Um, extremely well-coached uh, team that's not going to beat themselves and is playing at a high level defensively that can mix it up on that end as well. So I have a work cut out for us and dug into that and we'll have some more opportunities tomorrow before the game. Heat coach Eric Spolstra says this series will be a battle between two top teams. This is like a throwback series. I mean, if, if both teams are really on top of their games, um, you know, this shouldn't be a, a series where either team is scoring 130 points. Um, both of us, both teams uh, hang their hats on uh, rock-solid team defense and making multiple efforts and being disciplined to schemes. And, um, you know, so it'll be a lot of uh, plays and things in the margins. Uh, and that, that's what you expect. I mean, really, we're the two best teams in the East most of the season. Um, and it's, it's fitting that we're, we're meeting in the conference finals. Miami Heat forward Jimmy Butler is looking forward to the on-court battle with the Celtics' Jason Tatum. Uh, no, nah, he's uh, one of the best in the game right now. Um, as much attention as he uh, draws on the offensive end, and then I think what's really impressive is the way that he's picked up his defensive intensity. Like, 
you got to uh, tip your hat to that. You respect them. And uh, I think those are the guys that you want to go up against. Celtic center Al Hufford expects the action to be very physical. Uh, it's the playoffs, uh, you know, and I, and, and I feel like the deeper that you go, um, it always, you know, it's more intense. It's physical. Even though the first one was very physical for us, um, uh, it's not going to be any different. Um, both teams play hard, uh, but both teams defensively are are tops in the league or one of the best for sure. So, um, you know, uh, that that's what it is at this point. It's just a given that um, both teams are going to go hard. Boston won the regular season series 2-1. The Celtics went 1-0 at Miami and the teams split two games at Boston. Miami has won 13 of the previous 23 playoff games between the franchises. Tomorrow, the Dallas Mavericks take on the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco for the opening game of the Western Conference playoff. You can catch the latest and stay up to date on the NBA playoffs right here on the Sony side of sports on Twitter and Facebook. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7 FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game. Play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. And speaking of basketball, Basketball Africa League 2022 resumes this Saturday. The ball playoffs will tip off Saturday at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. Sonny Young will be in Rwanda with our VOA colleague Eddie Rwema to catch the action. Eight teams, including defending Basketball Africa League champion Zamalek, will compete for the continental supremacy in Kigali. Catch all the BL news, the updates, the post-game reports right here on The Voice of America. This is Dikeme Mutombo. I am from Africa. Malaria kills thousands of children every day. Don't let your child be one of them. Make sure they sleep under a treated mosquito net. Beating malaria is like winning at basketball. You need to get to the net. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Voice of America.
I am VOA's Sunday Shamar in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports. And to all listeners, please note, we have moved our programs from VOANews.com to VOAAfrica.com. You will find all, all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on VOAAfrica.com. Now, turning briefly to tennis. Ahead of the French Open, Rafael Nadal posted a picture of himself training at his academy in Mallorca with the caption, See you on Wednesday, Paris. The 13-time Roland Garros champion had said last week that daily training was a challenge after a chronic foot injury flared up during his defeat by Denis Shapovalov at the Italian Open. Nadal, 35, who only recently returned from a stress fracture in the ribs, struggled toward the end of his match against the Canadian as he went down 1-6-7-5-6-2 in the last 16. At Roland Garros, the world number five looks poised to launch another bid for a Grand Slam title. He won his 21st major at the Australian Open earlier this year. Gael Monfils, however, won't be at Roland Garros this week. He needs surgery for a right foot injury. The 35-year-old Frenchman withdrew Monday from the Grand Slam event. Monfils, ranked number 22 in the world, has won 11 single titles on the ATP Tour. He reached the semifinals of the French Open in 2008 and met the quarterfinals in 2009, 2011 and 2014. Africa News Tonight, we let the sound tell the story, putting you in the middle of events from Africa's news to world crises. Africa News Tonight comes to you live from the Voice of America, Monday through Friday at 1600 and 1800 UTC on the following shortwave frequencies, 6080 kilohertz, 49.3 meter band, and 15580 kHz, 19.2 meter band. We are also live on the internet at www.voaafrica.com. And to close out our show today, congratulations to the Golden State Warrior Steve Curry, who yesterday delivered on a promise to his mother to get his university degree from Davidson College. 
He shared his feelings and finally getting that degree in sociology 13 years late. It was cool. I mean, uh, I watched it on the live stream yesterday morning. Uh, it was pretty early. It's cool to um, kind of relive the sights and sounds of school and campus and all that. Um, this is a long time coming, obviously, since I left campus as a goal to finish. Um, just as obviously since accomplishment, but a promise I made to my mom and Coach McKillop when I left after my junior year. So uh, it was pretty special. I had the fat head over uh, on campus in my honor. And uh, Coach throws a uh, party at his house across the street from campus every year for all the graduating seniors. And they got a picture of the graduating class of this year and them holding up the, uh, the picture of me in front of it. So I didn't get to experience that back in 2010, so it was cool. Curry left Davidson in 2009 before completing his final semester to prepare for the NBA draft. And after winning three NBA championships, Curry re-enrolled at Davidson this spring and completed his degree while leading the Warriors' run into the playoffs. And that wraps up the May 17th edition of the show. Don't forget to check our website, new webpage, voaafrica.com. Thank you for tuning in. I am VOA's Sunday Shumari in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.